Yeah, thank the Lord for His grace and mercy. Uh, it's been uh, all to the glory of the Lord that I can stand here this morning addressing you with the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah, give Him all the praise, all the glory. As I come in last week, uh, the usher asked me, he said, Pastor, I don't see you for, I haven't seen you for a long, long time. And then this morning, another usher also asked me, I haven't seen you for a long, long time. I said, yeah, I've been around, but uh, you know, just that sometimes uh, things happen to you and you are confined to your, to your home for a short while. So it's a temporary confinement and here I am. Praise the Lord. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. Your word is so powerful, so wonderful, so enlightening. And as we think on, on your word, open our hearts, that our hearts will be warm and tender towards you. Open our minds, that our minds will be alert to the teaching of your word. Open our, our lives to you in surrender to allow you to speak to us and to tell us what to do and that we will be obedient to you. So bless your word today, bless the speaker, bless your people as we hear your word. We commit everything to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of my, my message today is The God of the Second Chance. God of the Second Chance taken from Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. We will not read all of them, but... Uh, We'll skip one or two verses. Let's all read together, shall we? Let's all stand together and read God's Word. One, two. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was an important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. And then verse 10, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Please be seated. Now the entire book of Jonah is only 48 verses long. But it is filled with actions and drama. The book of Jonah reveals God's sovereign rule over man and his creation. It also shows us that God is a God who loves people and he wants everyone of his creation to know him, to be saved. In chapter 1, we see Jonah running away from God as uh, God commands him to go to the Ninevites, he disobeyed. Now God prepared a giant fish to swallow Jonah. In chapter 2, Jonah learned some valuable lessons from inside the belly of the giant fish. In chapter 3, we see the God of the second chance at work. When we deserve something bad, God gives us something good. Now, Jonah was the son of 
Amittai. In Hebrew, his father's name means faithfulness. So Jonah's name and pedigree thus held great promise for his ministry. As the son of faithfulness, he could have a powerful ministry of presenting the truth. The story of Jonah is really the story of God's heart and God's mission. It tells of a loving God who pursues his people, whether it's a prophet or sailors or a sinful city. It speaks of a merciful God who is always ready to give people a second chance. And it shows a compassionate God. A compassionate God who is working in our hearts even as He challenges us to love others. This morning, three things. I want to share three things Jonah found out about God. The first one is God gives second chances. When the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, this is the second time the word of the Lord came to Jonah. So instead of rejecting the disobedient prophet and disposing of him, God again asked him to go to Nineveh. Having rescued Jonah miraculously, he was now giving the prophet another opportunity to obey him. Jonah had run away from God, but now God was giving him another chance to run for him. By now, Jonah must have realized that disobeying God and running away was a waste of time and effort. Like in the game, in the game of snakes and ladders, I think all of us know the snakes, of, snakes and ladders game. He found himself back at square one, having to start all over again. But he would also have realized something else. He realized God's grace and mercy. Firstly, he, re- he, re- he realized God's, that God forgives and forgets. In Micah chapter 7, verse 18, he says, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? What a merciful God we worship. Truly, God is so merciful to us. This morning, when you get up in the morning, what what was the first thing you think about? Many of us, when we are in a hurry, the first thing we think about is rush to the... (laughs) to the washroom, have our breakfast and on to work. But let us be mindful once again that we are kept alive every morning when we wake up. It's because of the mercy of God. It is because of His mercy that you're all here. It's it's because of mercy that I can speak to every one of you this morning. So in sending his word to Jonah a second time, God showed that he had forgiven 
the disobedient prophet. Church, re church reformer Martin Luther once dreamt of being attacked by Satan. The devil unrolled a long scroll containing a, a list of Luther's sins and held it before him. On reaching the end of the scroll, Luther asked the devil, Is that all? No, came the reply, and a second roll was placed in front of him. And then a third roll was placed in front of him, and the devil had no more, nothing else to show him. So this is what Luther exclaimed. He exclaimed triumphantly, You've forgotten something. Quickly write on each of them, The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, cleanses us from all sins. The blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy to be here. So unlike Satan, God does not torment us about our past. So when He forgives, He forgets. And He treats us with a fresh dose of love and grace. That's why His compassions are new every morning. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. So there's something else wonderful about God giving Jonah a second chance. Not only did he forgive and forget his past mistakes, but he also showed that he was willing to trust Jonah to carry out his instructions. While Nineveh was a fearful mission field, God had already shown Jonah that he could save and protect the prophet from any harm. It was as if God was telling Jonah, with my help, you can do it. God often gives this assurance to those sent on difficult missions, especially now we have a few mission teams going abroad. He gives us the assurance that he's with us. When Moses was sent to speak to Pharaoh, God told him, I will be with you. Exodus 3.12 He also assures every one of us, I am with you always. So this is the assurance that God never, never fails us. He's always with us. In Jonah 2, we find the fleeing prophet having a frightening experience inside the belly of the fish. We can imagine what he, what he was feeling at that time. Lying in the dark, damp and smelly stomach, he faced the prospect of suffocation, of dissolving in the acidic contents of the stomach. It was a terrible way to die. So in that near-death experience, the prophet finally raised an SOS prayer to God. And this is what he says, In my distress, I called to God. From deep in the realm of the dead, I, I called for help. And listen to what the next few sentences say, And he heard me. Even though Jonah was in the belly of the fish, I don't know how deep, he must have been in the sea. God still hear his prayer. So whatever you're going through this morning, whatever issues you're going through this morning, God hears. 
So all you need to do is send an SOS prayer to God and He will hear you and not only hear you, He will answer you as He answered Jonah. Suffering and prayer can open our eyes to our spiritual condition and help us see our sin. In his book, Where is God When It Hurts? Christian writer Philip Yancey tells the story of how 17th century poet and preacher John Donne suffered after he married the daughter of a disapproving lord, fired from his job as assistant to the Lord Chancellor. He was separated from his wife and thrown in prison where he wrote this famous succinct line, John Donne, and Donne, undone. Later, he endured a long illness which, uh, that sapped his strength and almost took his life. So during this time, Dunn wrote a series of touching, touching devotions on suffering. So in one of these, he made this observation. The sickness that had kept him in bed had forced him to think about his spiritual condition. Now, suffering gets our attention forcing us to look to God when we would have otherwise ignored Him. Yeah, isn't it true? Many times we ignore God when, we, when things are going so smoothly for us, when we are doing so well in our life, when there's peace all around us, we just don't think, don't, not realize, we don't realize God is around, but in our times of need, we cry out to Him. Suffering gets our attention. That's why C.S. Lewis in his book, The Problem of, Sin, of Pain, sorry, The Problem of Pain reminds us that pain insists upon being attended to. You know, when, you have, when you suffer pain, you slow down. Like what Pastor George was just saying, I used to walk very fast, but now I walk a little bit slower. Now he walks faster than me. Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasure. Speaks in our conscience. But shouts in our pain. It is His megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes our sufferings are inexplicable. And we would have great difficulty finding any meaning or purpose behind our pain and trials. On the 17th of uh, September last year, that's about five months back, I, was, I felt free at home, so I thought in the late afternoon I went out of the house. There's a, there's a nice little tree outside, just inside my compound. So I would like to just trim some of the branches. So I climbed up, I took a ladder and climbed up a few steps and cut the branches. I cut the first branch, it fell. My wife took the branch away to, to throw. I cut the second one, which is a bigger one, and it got stuck onto uh, another branch. So I stretched out and tried to maneuver and, throw, and force that branch down. So while I was forcing that, I left my, I missed my footing on the ladder and I fell on my back, you know. 
So being a not-so-young man, <laughs> as you fall on your back, uh, <laughs> I was on my back for, a, for some maybe one or two minutes, you know, then my wife came and then I, he wanted to lift me up. I said, don't, don't, not yet. Because while she was lifting me up, I was, it was very painful. So later, after a while, you know, she managed to get me up and we got, got to a couch inside the house. And I was lying down. I thought, uh, you know, it's just a muscle pain or something, you know. So then I felt the uh, numbness on my left leg. And my daughter was there because she brought back dinner. And she said, hey, this is serious. You better go. We better go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital and uh, we, I had a x-ray and MRI and the, doctors, the doctor there said, you have a, a fracture in the L2, L2 fracture. So I was hospitalized over, then overnight. Uh, the next morning, the spine doctor came. The spine doctor said, uh, he gave me some alternatives as to the treatments. I opted, I opted for God's healing. So here I am, <laughs> five months later, standing here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, thank the Lord for healing because uh, I think about uh, three months, three of, over three months later, I went back to the doctor, the spine doctor, and Pro Professor Kwan, Professor Kwan uh, Man Kyong is a famous uh, spine doctor in, in the University of Malaya Hospital. He told me when he saw that uh, x-ray or, or the MRI, he said, you are a very lucky man. <laughs> I said, why? He said, you should thank your ancestor. You should thank your grandfather for giving you such strong and good bones. <laughs> I said, no, I thank my heavenly father. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yay. You know, the, he showed me the, 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 the MRI. He said, hey, you... He said, your, one of the bones has gone into the, the... very near the nerve, really. If, if, he said, where did, which hospital did you go? I went first to the SGMC. Then I transferred over to a university hospital. I said, SGMC. He said, if I were the doctor there, I would have operated on you straight away. <laughs> Because he said the, the, the bone was just touching the nerve and if anything happens, anything, you know, any movement, you would have been paralyzed. So I, I didn't know, I was ignorant. Even during my medical leave, I, I did some ministry work. Even I, I did two funerals at that time. Well, I didn't know it was, it was so, so uh, uh, what do you call that? So serious, yes. So now, uh, in fact, the doctor, Professor Kwan told me, he said, you know, I had another, another patient. He, this patient had the same, breed, same uh, problem as you. He is now paralyzed. <laughs> so thank God. Thank God for sparing me. So praise the Lord for his healing. So of course, you know, after all that and getting well, uh, there's always the, the, the portion of your life where you need to express your thankfulness to God's people. So I want to stand here and verbalize my thanks to every one of you. All the pastors, all the leaders, all the cell members, all the friends in GT. 
you have been a great, great encouragement to me during my time of recovery. Yeah, so let, let's give all of us, all of you, a big hand. You know who you are. You have played your part. You have prayed for me somehow. Thank you all for your prayer. It's so good to be, to be back. All glory to the Lord. So God gave me a second chance. So it is possible that Satan has a direct hand in our sufferings. As you know, in the book of Job, especially in chapter 1, verse 12, and we take comfort in the fact that he is always restrained by God and cannot do anything without God's permission. So in such trials, we can be reassured that while Satan has a hand, God has the upper hand. Amen. In other times, however, we suffer because of our disobedience to God. So church, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we all make mistakes in life and we wish we could have one more chance, an opportunity to begin again. In a poem entitled The Land of Begin Again, Lord Tuckington wrote, I wish that, I were there, I, that there was some wonderful place called the Land of Begin Again where all my, our mistakes and all our heartaches and all our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never be put on again. I wish that there was some wonderful place called the land of begin again. Now Jonah's experiences remind us that there is such a place. And we serve a God who will use those who repent and turn to Him. So whatever situation you are in, even right now, repent and turn to Him. And the showers of His blessings will come upon you. Our failures and mistakes could leave us feeling that God could never use us again, that God could never bless us again, and that we are useless in God's work and to God's plan. But Jonah found out that God gives second chance, and secondly, God still had a plan for Jonah. He said, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach to the, mes the message that I tell you. Jonah traveled overland to reach Nineveh, some 1,000 kilometers to is from Israel. And when he reached the city, he immediately started preaching. As much as his journey was long, however, his message was extremely short. Forty more days. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. How many words are there? How many words? Eight words. Now, just eight words. Imagine being called to preach a sermon, such a short sermon. It won't be too difficult to deliver it and to rem or to remember it. Now, there's a preacher by the name of Roy de Lamotte. He once delivered a sermon that, you will, that people will never forget. The title of the sermon was a rather wrong, long one. And the, the sermon goes like this. Where does God, what does, 
what does God answer when we ask, Lord, what's in religion for me? And that's the title. That's the title of the message. Of the, the message. So when you hear, when you read this title, you would have expected a long sermon, isn't it? A long sermon, maybe a one and a half hour sermon. In view of the title, the congregation gathered at the chapel, they anticipated a substantial sermon. But they were in for a great surprise. When De Lamotte stood up to preach, his entire sermon just contained one word. One word, and that's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Imagine, you know, when you ask me to preach a, a sermon, like the title, the long sermon, what does Christ answer when we ask, Lord, what's in religion for me? I stand up here and say, nothing. Praise the Lord. Close prayer, and I go down. <laughs> They were in for a surprise, really, in for a surprise. But really, frankly speaking, what is in religion for me? Nothing. So don't live on the promises of religion. Live on your, the promises of your relationship with your Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. You ask me how, he, how I know He lived. I just spoke to Him this morning. I just spoke to Him this morning. So He's real. He's real. So make Jesus your Lord and your Saviour, your personal God who walks with you, who cares for you. So it was the shortest sermon in the history of Payne College, USA. De Lamotte later explained that the one-word sermon was meant for people brought up on the gimme, gimme, uh, gimme, gimme gospel. Asked how long it took him, he said 20 years. It took him 20 years to prepare this sermon. By this answer, nothing. So indeed, one word that hits the mark and drives home the point is better than many words that miss the target. Jonah preached the word of God in totality. As in Acts 20.27 20, as Acts 20, puts it, the whole will of God. Jonah preached the whole will of God. Forty days, and Nineveh will be overturned. With the shortest of sermons, the prophet saw an entire city turned to Jesus Christ. So we serve an awesome God. He has plans for each one of us, and we can't fail enough to ever change those plans. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not harm, to give you future with hope. So Jonah had failed when he was first called to Nineveh, but his failure was only temporary. It has been said that failure is not final, is not fatal, and does not have to be final. There's a huge difference between failing at something and being a failure. And Jonah isn't the only person in the Bible who failed God at some point. You remember Abraham? Abraham, God promised him that his wife Sarah would give him a son. But what does Abraham do? He decides to help God out and has a child by his wife's servant. He failed to believe God, but God didn't give up on him. 
God made Abraham the father of many nations. So many others have failed. I don't want, I don't, I have no time to, to, to name them. God, many have, have failed God at some point in their lives. But God did not give them up. God didn't give them, didn't give up on them. And God will not give up on you or me. So what a comfort to realize that the best of God's servants have made foolish mistakes, but were used again. Whatever the Lord asks you to do, do it. Immediately, if possible, or as soon as possible. If the Lord says, go and see this person, make it as soon as possible. Go and see the person. So don't put it off. See, one day, I think I shared this before, for the benefit of those who have not heard this, I have a neighbor. His, uh, this boy is about 36 years old. He's married with one daughter. Strong man, very healthy. Every morning I, see, I will see him and we greet each other when he go to work. Then one day when, I, when we went out, me and my wife went over for an overnight stay. When we came back the next evening, I saw, uh, we saw in front of our house a funeral tent with a lot of chairs and people sitting around. So I, we, we couldn't go into the house, so we parked outside and we walked in. So in my mind, I was thinking, somebody has passed away. My neighbor has passed away, somebody. But my thinking was, first to my mind was this uh, mother, because the mother is nearly 80 years old, so it's natural, you know. But when I walked nearer to the, the, to the coffin, I saw the photo, and it's the photo of this young man, 36-year-old young man, strong, robust young man. He died of a heart attack, heart attack. So when, when, I, when I realized that I was so like, I felt so sorry, f- not only for him, but I sorry for myself for disobeying God because God has told me to share the gospel with him, you know. But in my mind, I was thinking, he's such a young man. He's got opportunities, you know, there will be time for me to share with him. But the time never came. He just passed on without Christ. So I was so, I was so affected. I said, so sorry, Lord, so sorry. Next time you want me to share, I better share fast, faster, you know, immediately answer God's call. So don't put off what God laid in your heart to do. If only I had obeyed. Yeah, so when God plants something in your mind, you do it immediately. Don't say tomorrow when it's more convenient. No. When God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to you, you obey. God saves us to do good works. Ephesians 2 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has been before ordained that we would walk in them. So what does God want you to do? Many of us don't know what God wants you to do. You think, oh, I'm just existing. You know, I just exist, do my work, go back and enjoy my life and that's all. No. What is God's will for your life? Number one, firstly, if you're not saved, 
you're not a Christian, God wants you to be saved today, now. Secondly, if you, it is God's will that you be a good model for the world to see. Now, we have many, many loving, kind people in Glad Tidings, in this family of God here in Glad Tidings. One day, in late December last year, one of our cell members, his husband and wife, Korean couple, Yoon Ho, the, the husband, had uh, Helen Cho, the wife. Helen Cho, the wife, was 36 years old and mother of two children. One morning, she had a heart attack. And as a result, she suffered brain damage. And after about a month's stay in the hospital, the, the hospital bill was very huge. And finally, after one month's stay, they decided, you know, the husband decided to repatriate her back to Korea. That's also, that will cons also, you know, need a lot of money. But thank God for the generous, kind people in Glad Tidings. We were able to, as a church, able to raise a huge amount, enough to settle the hospital bill and also to send Helen Cho back to Korea. That was a show of real love. Come on, give yourself a hand. God is a wonderful God. And Yun Ho, of course, the husband sends his appreciation to every one of you yeah, for, the, for your, your love and concern for the wife especially. So what a wonderful, wonderful God we serve. Number three, God wants you to live a sanctified life. Be holy because God says, I am holy. Number four, live a grateful life. Be thankful in every circumstances. Be thankful. Well, whether you have lack or you have plenty, be thankful. Jonah found out God still had a plan for his life. And thirdly, with God, you can make a difference. Verse 4 and 5 says, The Ninevites believed God. When this was preached, 40 more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. When this, just this God-given ser titled sermon was given, all of the people of Nineveh, Nineveh accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Jonah entered the city and began to proclaim the message. Only eight words, but eight powerful words. Because God's word, given by God himself for that occasion, is powerful. The Ninevites believed God. God gave Jonah a second chance, and this resulted in a second chance for the Ninevites. Ninevites, by the way, are Assyrians, Assyrians you know in northern uh, Iraq. Because of Jonah's obedience, God's power moved the whole city to repentance. 120 souls, 120,000 souls were saved. That was the greatest awakening in the history 
of the church. So what Jonah did in Nineveh a long time ago, God is still continuing his legacy today. Today, there are five or six Assyrian church denominations in Iraq and the nearby Eastern, Middle Eastern countries in Iraq. Jonah is honored and he's revered. And God will do the same thing with our pain. Most of us, some of us have gone through pain. He takes the bad in our life and uses it to his advantage. Romans 8.28, all of us know this. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So now I know, now I know I have, why I have to endure pain. So that I, today I can stand up here and tell you, be able to tell you, that God is a good God, that God is a faithful God, that God can do immeasurably what we think or imagine, that God can heal. If He can heal me, He can certainly heal you. That is the purpose of why I know, why I realized why I fell, why I was handicapped for five months. But thank God, I am back. Thank God that I can win one more soul to Jesus Christ. Come on, give Him praise. So what God can do for Jonah, for me, He can do for you. You are very important. Ephesians 2.10 says you are God's workmanship, which means you are God's masterpiece, you know, masterpiece. You could be the key to revival in your home, in your community, even in our nation. So what can one person do? What can one person do? Nehemiah heard about the destruction of the wall of Jerusalem and he left his job and led the efforts to rebuild the broken walls of Jerusalem. One person. Another person is uh, Sister Barry Eng, one of our Tropicana Inda cell group member. She was instrumental. She has been praying for her family members for months and even years to be safe. Then one day, the father, Mr. Eng, fell ill, hospitalized. And while he was in hospital, Pastor Ruth Chong, one of our zone ministers, went to lead him in the sinner's prayer while he was under sedation. So Barry Eng was there. When Pastor Ruth left the hospital, she, was, she went to the father and she told the father she just wanted to confirm whether he, what he did, what the, the sinner's prayer was real or not. So he held the father's hand and then the family members were all around the the bed. He told the father, she told the father, you believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you forgive your sin. If you do, if you really have believed, just move your hand. After a while, he moved his hand. The family members all observed. So she asked him again, 
You believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? He moved again. So those family members attended church service, Chinese church service, and four members of the family gave their life to Jesus. Come on, give Him praise! Whoa! Father got saved. Four family members got saved. Why? One person. One person made the difference. So you could be, you could be the person where God has placed you in your office, in your neighbourhood, in your community, wherever God has placed you, you can make a difference. Can you say amen? Amen. Today, God continues to give us second chances through Jesus, who was perfectly obedient and died on our, in our place. Having this second chance, let us take God's second chance to others, bringing the good news with conviction and with compassion. So three things that we learn about God in this book of Jonah. That firstly, God is the God who gives second chances. Secondly, God has a plan for your life. And thirdly, with God, you can make a difference. Come on, give Jesus praise. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Shamandala bakatara basikiriandala bashandai. Shimandala bakatara basikiri. Everybody praying. Shimandala bakatara basikiriandala basandai. Oh, let the word of God sink in your, into your spirit. Shimandala bakatara basandai. You're God of second chance. You have a plan for me. And that God, I can make a difference where you have placed me. Shamandala bakatara basandai. Holy Spirit, mm. if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and God, God is giving you a chance to choose Him. God loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. God wants, God wants you to know Him and enjoy His presence and His call on your life. 